Are you a high-performing real estate investor who's looking to further elevate your performance? If so, download our free guide, Raising the Bar, Five Steps to Elevate Your Habits by joining our insider network at elevatepod.com. This guide created by yours truly has the power to put your transformation on autopilot and exponentially change your trajectory. Go get your free copy now at elevatepod.com. If you're looking to take your business and life to a whole new level and you're committed to investing in yourself, you're invited to apply for one-to-one coaching with me, which you can learn more about at coachwithtyler.com or sign up for the life-changing Elevate High Performance Coaching Academy, where together with our tribe, you'll learn how to elevate your game, make more money and have more freedom. Check out the free masterclass at elevatecoachingacademy.com. Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I am blessed and grateful to be sitting with Dr. Jay Corsandi today. Oh, wow. Let me just tell you, we touch on so much when it comes to health, wellness, anti-aging, longevity tapping into your nervous system, biohacking, nutrition, sleep optimization. Oh my goodness, lifestyle suggestions. And also, by the way, if you want to know the number one biohacking tool that Dr. Jay Corsandi will take with him on a desert island, if he ever had to go, you're going to learn that today. You're also going to learn what his number one favorite food is. And it's not favorite in terms of taste, but it's in terms of health optimization and his most important fitness equipment. So I'm telling you right now, if you want to optimize your life, if you want to step into being a high performer, then today's episode is for you. And I'm just so excited to share this with you. Elevate podcast is all about mindset, mind expansion, and personal growth for high performing real estate investors. And guess what? Today, you're going to grow tremendously because you're going to learn how to turn your nervous system into your ally rather than your enemy. And let me just tell you, that doesn't happen by default. We have to be intentional by that. And and really, that's what today is all about. It's about setting that intention, getting clear on those strategies and applying those to your life, making those a part of your identity. And I'm your host, Tyler Chesser. I'm a professional real estate investor and a high-performance coach. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, and multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and lifestyle. Are you ready to take it to another level? It is time. Let's raise the bar, guys. And I want to invite you to subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't done so already. And by the way, the fee is just to pay it forward and share it with a friend. Share this episode, share this podcast with someone that you care about, whether they are a business associate, a business partner, an employee of yours, maybe it's even your boss, or maybe it is someone that you just met or perhaps maybe it's your family member, maybe it's someone you've known for your entire life, share Elevate Podcast with a friend. That's the fee that we ask. It doesn't cost you anything, and we don't ask you to pay anything. All we would like uh, to ask from you is is that you refer us. And if you really appreciate us, we know that you'll do that. And so thank you so much for that, and thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited about this episode. I'm so excited about this podcast, and I want to dive in. I want to introduce you to Dr. Jay Corsandi, who is a health wellness, and anti-aging and longevity advocate with over 20 years of patient care success. From cosmetic and holistic dentist to corporate startup co-founder to sleep advocate and podcast host, his mission is to share his knowledge of health hacks, 
sleep optimization, nutritional support, and biohacking technologies, and to help you take your life to the next level. Combining cutting-edge science and his passion for biohacking, he has developed numerous strategies to help people feel better, sleep better, and live healthier lives. He has also created and hosts a popular health and wellness podcast that combines his expertise along that of his world-class guests to help you sleep and feel better. The podcast is called Best Night Ever, and you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. And without further ado, I want to welcome you and invite you to enjoy this amazing conversation with Dr. Jay Corsandi. Dr. Jay Corsandi, my friend, how are you doing? Tyler, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for being with me. And one of the things that I really love about Elevate is that I can dive into a vast array of experts and you are no different. There's no doubt about that. And I think that we're going to go into some really important stuff today. So I'm really excited about this conversation. But as we dive in, I really want to get to know the essence of you. And so I'd love to leap into this conversation with a question that I think is a little bit unique. Maybe you tell me if it's not, but I'd love to know if you were to describe yourself in the way that your closest family members or friends would describe Jay Corsandi, what would they say about you? You know, they would say uh, I'm inquisitive, uh, experimental, uh, just kind of on the, on the leading edge, just looking for new ways, new things to learn, you know, and it's part of brain growth development. I'm just always trying to learn new things, languages, cooking, biohacking, sleep hacks, whatever it is out there that, that interests me, I'm always into absorbing that. You know, lately it's been obviously podcasting both for my own podcast and just, you know, I have a commute to work sometimes and, and I'll just load up some podcasts and then I call it uh, road university. And it's le- just learning all these different things from different leaders you know, and incorporating them into my life and, and getting better. And that's, you know, part of the things that we want to talk about on the show is, you know, how can we improve our mental health, our physical health, our sleep health, and then ultimately our, our life health. So yeah, that's, that's the best way I would explain myself. That's so good, man. And I feel like we're in, you know, we're in road university right now, probably for many of the listeners. So that's really exciting that you brought that up, but I love that inquisitive experimental thought process and you even mentioned brain growth development. So maybe we'll talk about that today. But where does that really come from? Where did that inquisitive nature and experimental nature really arise from? You know, I mean, I was, I'm a de- I was trained as a dentist. So I've always been into the sciences and, and the healthcare field. So uh, part of it is just academia. It's just going through so much schooling uh, that teaches you to research, to question. Uh, and uh, that's just been part of my nature as a kid. I've always been fascinated with how things work. Uh, whether it's like a toy or a watch or, you know, remote control card or moving up to like, you know, real cards and modifications and, and then health, you know, working out. So it's just been a natural progression of just trying to understand how things work and optimize them. Talk to me about your upbringing. You know, give me a little sense of where you came from and sort of that trajectory. You mentioned obviously academia and studying and then becoming a dentist. And we can talk about your trajectory from there. But talk to me a little bit about your 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 upbringing. You know, I think it was a pretty normal upbringing. I grew up in Orange County in Southern California um, and uh, family was a big deal for me. And we had, man, I would say four of my different cousin families within a one mile radius. So uh, that was great. Always being able to hang out with them. Uh, but I was a you know, fairly normal kid and went to school, did, did my thing, just kept my head down and just just continued to dig and uh, learn the value of, of hard work, of uh, setting your mind to do things and, and getting it done and doing it the best you can. 
And fortunately, things you know, continue to progress. I, you know, I went to UCLA for undergrad and then on to uh, dental school. And 20 years later, here we are. Man, I got to give UCLA a shout out because they had like one of the best basketball games of like history. It was a heartbreaking defeat to uh, Gonzaga. I don't know if you watched that game, but it was like, oh, man. So I got to give you guys the Bruins a shout out. Nice. But uh, man, so talk to me about brain growth development, because you've become so passionate about, you know, obviously continuing to expand your own learning around biohacking and such. And obviously we're talking about anti-aging longevity, but also health and wellness, but where, how are you growing your brain and expanding your own capacity to understand this and give this to other people? Historically, you know, people would say that we're, we're born with a certain number of neurons. And as we get older, you know, there's not much that we can do, but all the research now that's coming out is showing that there's something called neuroplasticity, which is basically the brain's ability to remold itself. And uh, it's contrary to what people used to think historically that, you know, you're kind of set with what you have and you're just going to continue to de degrade, lose neurons, ultimately end up with Alzheimer's or, uh, or dementia or things like that. But uh, when you're able to do these different hacks to develop brain health, you, you can see that things change. You know? And for me, it's like it's a continuous input, uh, you know, whether it is learning how to cook something different or Here's a, here's a good example your listeners can try. Tomorrow, when you're brushing your teeth, switch to your non-dominant hand. And if you want to take it a step further, stand on one leg while you're doing it. And what this does is just rewires brain and neural connections and causes new things to happen in the brain. And you just develop different dexterities. And, and these all just help supplement your brain from continuing to degrade, which is what I've seen personally in my family. You know, my dad uh, developed Alzheimer's. And it's, it's something that is very sensitive to me that you know, I don't want to go down that road because a, I, I don't want to be that person. And, and B, I don't want to put that burden on my family, which is uh, a very difficult thing to handle with. And I'm sure people listening who have, ha who have dealt with it can appreciate how, how devastating of a situation it is. So, so that's very important for me. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm dealing with that in my family now. I mean, my grandmother is going through that and I can see it firsthand and it's, it's, terribly sad, you know, it's terribly, um, you know, devastating, to be honest with you, because this individual who you've known for so long becomes someone that you don't know. And obviously, they don't know you anymore. And that's, I mean, incredibly devastating. And so you think about the importance of our brain health, and the importance of learning, and perhaps even novelty, in terms of not only our own life, but also the performance that we set forth, you know, here and today, but also our longevity and how, you know, how well we perform and think and, you know, interact with other people in our life. I just find it to be so, so important. And so it almost seems like what you're talking about is developing habits of learning across the board, right? It's like, you know, these little things in terms of, hey, use your other hand to brush your teeth and maybe even stand on one leg. It's almost like that's a part of this entire system of habitual you know, continual brain development because of what you know about how the brain learns. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. I mean, it's a continual evolvement, right? It, it's trying different things. And it's also, there's other factors. Obviously having your sleep dialed in is going to help what's called the glymphatic system, which is basically uh, a process that happens at night when we're asleep in REM sleep and it's cerebral spinal fluid is pumped throughout the brain and pulls out toxins and metabolites and flushes them out of your body. But if you have poor sleep, then that system's not happening, which means your brain's going to continue to develop 
more plaques, learning new things, and then your diet too, because you could have a, a really healthy dialed in diet, or you could have what I call an inflammatory diet where e you're eating a lot of fried foods and a lot of you know, gluten and carbs and, and bad potato chips and stuff. That's also going to increase the inflammatory response in the body, which is then going to affect brain, not only brain health. I know we're talking about brain, but it's just, you know, the whole body's connected, right? So if your brain's going downhill, chances are something else is probably going down, probably your gut as well. Yeah. And I want to get in deep on everything that you just said there. I'm going to drill in deep because man, this is, it really fascinates me, but I know it fascinates really our listeners because these are people who are high performing, who want to be even higher performing. And they also recognize that, you know, there's a connection behind, you know, our health and also our longevity as well, not just the results that we create. So I think it's really important for us to dive deep on all this. So let's talk about, let's start with sleep. Cause I know that you love sleep and I've, I've actually fallen in love with it myself as more and more I've studied it. And you know, having an aura ring for, you know, probably 18 months or so I study my, you know, my stats on a daily basis. And of course, my wife and I, we compare and it's, you know, it's, it's a competition for who could sleep better. So maybe let's, let's dive into that. You were talking about rim, you were talking about deep sleep. I'd also like to touch on maybe even light sleep as well and what you're seeing there. But, you know, we could talk about those details. But first, I'd love to know if you had, you know, three, four or five tips for sleep optimization that you might share with the audience. Yeah. Sleep is like an entire, I mean, I my whole <laughs> podcast is called best night ever. It's all about sleep. And every episode we try to drop some knowledge on sleep as well too. So yeah. How many hours do you have? But <laughs> right. just, just to kind of give you a kind of a, a 30,000 foot view. Uh, I think people should take advantage of the fact that technology has gotten a lot better these days and sleep trackers, like you mentioned, an aura ring, which I got here. And I mean, I've got something called a biostrap for people who are interested in, yeah, there you go. in, in uh, taking your sleep to the next level, you can't hack what you can't track, right? So getting that information is critical because now, is it a clinical grade medical device? No, but if it's giving you consistent data night after night, then you could see what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis that's affecting those numbers. So you know that if you eat late at night, your heart rate's gonna be elevated and your sleep is gonna take a hit. So having that information becomes powerful. So one tip obviously is, Look at sleep trackers. Uh, another tip is going to be a consistent sleep schedule. Just make sure you're going to sleep at night, waking up. I know because of this whole COVID lockdown, a lot of people weren't using alarm clocks anymore, which is a great way to wake up too. Don't use an alarm clock if you, if you can avoid that. Or if you need to wake up at a certain time, uh, there's apps you can use that will wake you up in that lightest stage of sleep where you kind of just glide out of sleep versus waking up when you're in hardcore REM and then you hit this thing called you know sleep inertia where you're just dragging right when you wake up and, and angry. Plus who wants that super jolt right when the alarm goes off. So that's a big one. Um, room temperature is going to be a big one. I recommend 68 degrees or less when you go to sleep, the cooler, the better. Uh, I use bed cooling systems, things like the Uller, which is this pad that circulates cold water throughout the bed at night, which helps drop your body temperature. And the really cool thing is you can program it to change throughout the night, meaning cooler at the front end. Uh, and then what happens is towards the latter part of the night, we go into more REM sleep. That's when we lose what's called thermal regulation. Our body has, it loses the ability to control temperature. So if you have your bed dialed in at cold the whole night, you're going to start freezing. So what I do is I actually up the temperature around 2.33 a.m. toward, And then that way I don't get cold. And then I actually up it right at the morning time because the body wakes up with two factors, light and temperature. So exposure to light will wake you up and increase in body temperature wakes you up. And that goes back to, you know, people like to use the word paleo for, 
food and cooking, but it's also paleo sleep, right? You want to sleep like a caveman. When, when the sun came out, temperatures go up, you wake up. It's the same kind of idea. So those are a couple different hacks, but oh my God, there's so many more that we could go through. <laughs> no, that's so good. And I, I just love the quote, you can't hack what you can't track. And actually that really resonates with me. And sometimes people ask me, well, what's the point of these wearables and what's the point of this? And who cares what you know about it? You know, I just think that's important because awareness, I, I always believe is the first step. So what, what's going on? in your own health and what can you do to make better decisions or different decisions. And when you understand deeper, what really facilitates an optimal environment, that's what gives you the power. And so when you think about sleep, obviously, you know, we could get really in depth in terms of why we sleep and, you know, all these different things and what's the purpose of this and what does this do for our health and for our brain and for our learning. But could you just touch on REM sleep and deep sleep just slightly in terms of the importance of, of both? Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's about balance. You want to have a good amount of each. Uh, generally, you want to be about 50% light sleep, 20 to 25% REM sleep, and about 20% deep sleep. So having them in balance is, is important. Uh, the other thing, that, the way I explain it is I look at REM sleep more as a brain fixing process, maybe, uh, as more of a brain optimization time, and deep sleep more as a body optimization time. Because what happens is there's more processes and REM associated with, you know, memory consolidation, you know, brain detoxing that we talked about. And uh, with deep sleep, it's going to be more related to physical exertion. And, and I know when I have a hard workout or a yoga session or infrared sauna and put stressors on the body, my deep sleep goes up subsequently. So uh, that's just my personal way to explain it. But, you know, it's about balance. Yeah, no, that's good. That's a really good rule of thumb. I appreciate that. So one thing I'd like to know is, is how does caffeine impact our REM, our deep sleep, our light sleep, just our sleep in general? How does caffeine impact this? So the general rule of thumb for caffeine is, you know, you want to quit by about 2 p.m. So here's the deal with caffeine. Caffeine has a half-life of, I believe, eight hours. Okay. So let's say you have a cup of coffee at 8 a.m. At 8 p.m., 50% of it well, no, that, that's what, so about 6 p.m., 50% of it's gone, but you still have 50% of it still in your body. So then it comes down to how efficient of a caffeine metabolizer are you? Some people will have one cup and be wired for days. Other people could have six cups and not feel a thing. So then it becomes very personal and individualized. Uh, and, the, and the way caffeine works is it occupies something called the adenosine receptor. And adenosine is, is what's called the, the, the sleep pressure uh, molecule or, or hormone. And it's, it's basically what helps us get to sleep. But if caffeine's blocking those receptors in the brain, it's not going to let it go. So there, there's a, there's a very interesting relationship between all that, between all of that. I'm a fan of coffee. I have usually one cup a day in the morning and I'm good, but yeah, if I have some late in the day, I know I'm going to pay the price. Yeah, no, that's, that's really resonated with me. And I'm probably too much of a coffee lover at some point. You know, it's like we've got to check in. Switch with to decaf in the afternoon. That's what I'll do if I'm going to have one. That's a good idea. I like that. And so talk to me about alcohol as well. I mean, if you're going to have a glass of wine or you're going to have a cocktail, talk to me about the impact on sleep and, and maybe some theories there, or some strategies there. You know, it's always interesting because you watch movies and, and people will talk about a nightcap, you know, or, or pouring up a glass of whiskey or something like that. Alcohol is the number one sleep aid in the world wow. uh, for better or for worse. Right. I could tell you this. Uh, alcohol may help you fall asleep a little bit easier. It's a central nervous system depressant. Right. So it kind of makes you tired. 
The problem is, is that it will then interfere with what interfere with what's called your sleep staging. Uh, you'll, you'll get less REM sleep on the back end. So you're going to pay the price at some point and you may have to go to the bathroom because you had some liquid towards bedtime as well too. So uh, generally I would have stopped drinking probably about two to four hours before sleep at the minimum. Uh, I generally don't drink that much anymore just because I don't know, maybe we've gotten older and it just doesn't <laughs> do much for me, but um, occasionally there, there are, you know, there's social events and celebrations and things like that. And, and you might want to have a glass of wine. Uh, but um, yeah, just be aware that, you know, it, it does have impact on, on the sleep. It's interesting because you go back to like the, you know, tracker. And when you realize like the impact that alcohol can have on your sleep, it's almost like, whoa, I can really feel this. And your your next day, even if you have one or two drinks, it's like, man, it's a huge impact. I don't know if it's maybe the placebo effect of me understanding this, but does that resonate with you, Jay? Yeah, absolutely. And like you mentioned, you know, a lot of people I treat are high performers and, and CEOs and entrepreneurs, and they want to perform the next day. And, and what I say to people is your morning starts the night you go to sleep. Mm. So if you want to have a dialed in morning, you need to prep for it the day before and the night before. And if you're going to pound down a six pack, you're probably not going to perform as well the next day. Yeah. So let's talk about health and wellness in general, because I'm glad that we started with sleep because it almost feels like the foundation, as you mentioned, you know, your high performance of your day begins the night before. And I almost think that theory resonates just in general in terms of sleep being a foundation. So let's talk about health and wellness. When you think about nutrition, I almost feel like that's another foundational factor. So could you talk about some tips or strategies that you might suggest for folks around nutrition? Yeah. And it's interesting because I, I, I put, three buckets into what we're talking about. One is going to be sleep. One is going to be uh, nutrition and, and diet. And the other is going to be movement or activity or phys- mm. physical action. So uh, as far as nutrition goes, you know, I've tried just about every diet out there over the years um, from, you know, Atkins to, you know, uh, paleo to vegan to vegetarian to carnivore uh, to kosher to whole 30. I mean, there's so many out there. The, the problem is that people think it's one size fits all. Right. Uh, but in reality, it's, you know, there's so many factors involved. It's going to be your, your genetics. It's going to be your gut microbiome. You, everybody has specific bacteria that, that like certain things and don't like certain things in their stomach. So uh, then you got to look at testing and look at, you know, what's going on inside you to determine what's going to work best for you when you eat. Uh, and then there's people that say, you know, like this carnivore diet, not if you heard of that, but they're saying, well, plants and vegetables and fruits and all that are inflammatory because they're rooted in the ground. So they don't have a defense system like an animal that can either run away or attack you. So they've built these things called lectins and oxalates and different compounds that disrupt your stomach and, and, and make you feel worse or inflamed. Therefore, you shouldn't eat them. You should only eat meat. So is, is any of them better or worse for you? The answer is it depends. Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital. And you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. 
Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I want to invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called The Bottom Line, The 10 Ways to Increase Cash Flow in an Apartment Complex. And I want to tell you that this is a value-packed ebook. So I want to, want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're going to get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com and enjoy the rest of the show. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. I'd never heard that before in terms of uh, vegetables and fruits. Uh, that's actually really fascinating. You know, it actually, it, it makes me think of the time where I went and I got the Viome test, right? Yeah, uh, I think the it's Dr. Uh, uh, Naveen Jain, not, not Dr. Naveen Jain, but Naveen Jain, you know, the moonshot individual is such a great guy. Yeah. But you think about the Viome and, and it was really interesting because what resonated was it showed me that there were some foods that, you know, most people would consider healthy that were actually considered toxic for my own body. Is that what you're saying, Jay? Yeah. I mean, I've done a test where it said cucumbers are not good for me. Right. And you, you look at, you know, just a little innocent cucumber, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's not good for me. So I, do I, you know, avoid it like the plague? No, but I'm mindful of it when I eat it. And that goes back to kind of mindset, like you were talking about earlier and awareness, mm. right? You can do all these tests and then you can start to get obsessed. And yeah. that's also a rabbit hole you don't want to go down with, you know, like, yeah, do I know gluten's bad for me? Yes. You know, have I had some bread recently or pasta? You know, it, especially when I have kids and they're going to have a piece of pizza or something like that. What are you going to do? Right. And, and it's fine right. because it also goes back to what's called metabolic flexibility. And, and I'm at a point where I'm pretty dialed in where I can get away with having some cheat stuff here and there and not pay the price because I'm out of that inflammatory state that I've been in for decades, I want to say. So how do you get to a point of metabolic flexibility? I mean, what does that look like? I mean, it's a journey and it's, and it's hard to say what it's going to be for, for any person specifically. For me, it was a lot of keto dieting. It was a lot of fasting, a lot of detoxing, cleansing supplements, optimization, exercise, yoga, sun exposure, uh, electro, you know, I've got different biohacking devices as well too. So it's, and it's all of the above and, you know, just experimenting and, and trying different things to a point where I felt comfortable now to do almost whatever I want, whenever I want, you know, within reason and still be fine at the end of the day. Fortunately, you know, I've had aches and pains. I've, I've had, uh, back issues in the past from dentistry, from kind of crunching and hunching over to the point where I couldn't even like sit down on a toilet. It was, it was, it was just debilitating, but you know, knock on wood now, everything like I've got, you know, maybe 0 0.5 out of 10 in, in terms of full body pain. So uh, I'm excited about that. And, you know, my age is going up. I could tell you just from treating patients over so many years, even throughout the course of a day, I mean, from the morning till the evening, I will see somebody maybe in their teens in the morning and then in their seventies at the end of the day and everything in between. And you can see the progression uh, or of health decline through each patient, right? One will say, well, you know, uh, you know, I broke my arm. Another one will say, well, I've got a kidney transplant. So you, and I see that journey and I go, I don't want to go down that road. No. So, right. I'm, I'm 45 now. So I'm getting to the point where I really need to start paying attention because most of my patients who are male, I treat patients for snoring and sleep apnea primarily. They're all 40 to 50. 
So I don't want to go down that road. And uh, that's why I do all these crazy things that we're talking about, yeah, which may not be crazy. It's just optimization. Well, I mean, we're a crazy bunch, right? People who care about optimization, people who really care about longevity and even high performance in that midst. I mean, we're a crazy bunch, right? We're, we are people who are outliers, right? So let's think about that. And where, what does this come down to? I mean, you know, it's individual, right? For every single person. But what does this truly come down to? Is it is it mindset or is it habits? Is it identity? What do you see yourself as? And all of these things factored over top of that? Or what does that look like? I think it's all the above. Uh, even some people would like to throw the word out epigenetics, which yeah. is like biohacking. It's it's a combination because you could be doing, you know, I could give you a cup of water and say this is like structured exclusion zone. <laughs> Uh, next level water, or it could be tap water and there could be placebo effect, right? So it, it, there is a mindset element to it. There is the science element to it. Um, there is the testing element to it. So it's a combination of all the, all of them, I would say. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier microbiome. Um, some would say this is our second brain, right? Our gut. And mm-hmm. so, you know, do you, first of all, do you agree with that? And then second of all, if so, you know, what are some ways for us to really facilitate a healthy microbiome? You know, I've done a podcast episode on the microbiome. And after, afterwards, I was like, man, this should be your first brain, not your mm. second brain. So, so a couple of interesting things about the microbiome. Uh, it communicates with the brain via this thing called the vagus nerve, right? Vagus nerve is the, it's the 10th cranial nerve. It wanders throughout the body. And 90% of the information that between the brain and the gut is going from the gut to the brain, not from the brain to the gut. And the gut is also producing about 90% of the serotonin in the body, which then becomes uh, melatonin down the road as well, too. So some would say that the, the bacteria in our gut are basically running the show and we're just happen to be meat suits that follow their will. <laughs> so is that uh, why, like when we feel something, like you can feel something in your gut, do you think that that's higher intelligence than actually understanding it in your brain? You know, that saying, trust your gut. Right. I I think there's a lot to it. And I think there is some higher intelligence. I mean, this is getting more into the kind of that woo woo quantum realm, but you know, there, and that goes into manifestation and and different things. But I think, yeah, there's probably more behind it than what we know as humans, maybe even. And I, these days I, I'm trusting my gut as much as possible. Unfortunately it's, it's paid off. And uh, yeah, now how, how do you go about optimizing that? That's a tricky one. And that goes back to kind of different diets. It goes back to maybe probiotics. A lot of people use those. I've used those in the past. It also goes back to history of antibiotic use. You know, when I was a kid, if I sneezed, my mom was like, you need antibiotics. And, right. and you know, a dose of antibiotics will wreck your gut. I mean, even people know now, they go, oh my God, I've taken this thing called augmentin or amoxicillin. And, you know, I had diarrhea for two weeks. Well, guess what you did? You just basically annihilated your entire gut, the bad bacteria and the good. So, there's a history of, of that. There could be, you know, heavy metal exposure. Did you have silver fillings as a kid or did you eat a lot of uh, high mercury or lead fish? Uh, so history has to do a lot with it. And then testing has to do some with it. And then it's about executing. And then whether you go on some protocols, uh, cleanses, it's just all the above. I mean, you could have like, these are like, you know, masterclass topics that could go deep down this rabbit hole. Yeah, I love going deep. And I love, um, I think it's really important for us to understand. I mean, you were talking about, you know, even 
venturing off into the quantum realm and thinking about infinite intelligence and feeling that through your gut and your intuition. And I almost feel like you almost have to facilitate the appropriate environment physically for you to really tap into that. And maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. I'm not sure, but that's my own intuition. So that's why I ask these questions. And that's why I'm actually really curious in terms of how do we facilitate the environment that has a healthy enough, you know, situation so you can really tap into that and you can really feel it and you're not feeling something that you're you're veering off from but what do you think about that jay you know that goes back to awareness right it's about tapping into that intuition or gut feeling um as far as an environment goes uh that goes into what i call intention right and that goes into what do you want to gain from this you know that's the big question if that's important to you, a lot of people will go throughout life just kind of sailing along and, and, and that's it. But if you start to really dial yourself into the life experience, you can start to see things that you may not have seen before, whether they're opportunities, uh, whether they're simple pleasures. I mean, uh, these days I just go for a walk after dinner, one to get my blood sugar down afterwards, but uh, the other is just to kind of go and smell the roses. I mean, it's springtime right now and I just go for a walk and we get some sun exposure uh, and slowing down and just paying attention to the simple stuff. And man, it makes a huge difference, both for mindset, for opportunity, uh, for stress, for sleep. So it's just about taking a step back and, and letting things happen. Yeah, I think it's so good. And, and really why I think this is so important is because not only it's almost like the abundance mentality, right? It benefits you, it benefits other people around you. But it also like when you focus on your own health, when you focus on your own wellness, when you focus on your own optimization, whether it's biohacking or otherwise, I feel like you can step into more abundance in your work, in your profession, financially, but also in your relationships and in your longevity and so forth. And so let's talk about that. I mean, why is longevity something that you're really interested in? And why is it something that fascinates you? What is it about longevity that you've cracked, you know, a code on that really interests you to continue to delve deeper into? You know, it's a combination of a couple different things. One is like I mentioned before is, is my dad, uh, you know, watching him degrade was tough. Ultimately he passed away last year from, from COVID and, and some other comorbidities, but, uh, just to see that happen was brutal. Uh, and I don't want to go down that path personally. So that's what motivates me to do the things that I do. The other is I have, I have young kids as well and, and my wife. So for me, it's an opportunity to help them as well. I mean, I could tell you this, my, my kids are eight and 10. Uh, right now they've been homeschooled, but while they're in school, their classmates, you know, every now and then we're getting sick or they were having issues, you know, psychological or whatever. My kids have literally been bulletproof since day one. And, you know, they never get sick. Uh, they're, they're great kids. They're healthy. You know, they're lean. They're not kind of this, this Play-Doh uh, feeling like when you see some of these kids. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm just happy that I'm able to not only help myself, but then to help my wife and my kids. Those are the, the primary motivators for for me, for what I do. And, and it's also fun because I get to play with all kinds of cool toys and gadgets and have friends over. And and I become like this kind of like digital medicine man slash shaman with all my my toys and herbs and tonics and supplements. And, and, and it's also fun. And I get to do the podcast. So it's a combination of both, which you got to have fun. Otherwise, there's no point in doing it. Totally. Yeah. So if you were to share some tips or tricks or maybe even supplements for folks 
who have an interest in stepping into further longevity themselves. What would you say to that? Oh man, that's a complicated one. But you know, I would say at first, see what you want or see where the problem is. You know, is it uh, is it gut stuff? Is it energy stuff? Is it sleep stuff? Is it you know dental stuff? Or is there stuff that needs to be done that hasn't been done? Obviously, your mouth is a gateway to your health. You know, if you have infections in your mouth, guess what? Every time you eat, you're swallowing that pus, and it's going through your gut, and then you know this chain of events. So wow, interesting. It, you know, it's a combination of all these different things. Uh, and then, you know, look at supplements. A lot of people say, well, you know, why do I need vitamins or minerals or supplements? You know, I, I eat pretty clean. I eat pretty healthy. The problem is, is uh, the world has become a much more polluted place and you know, soil enrichment has gone down. So even the most organic stuff is not as potent as it was 50 years ago. So that puts the point on why we should supplement or take extra things. So uh, and then I would say testing, find a good uh, functional medicine doctor, naturopath, where they can run blood tests on you, see where you are lacking and maybe where you're too high in certain things. And then from there, you can start to, to tweak and optimize. So would you suggest for folks to, you know, get blood work done every so often, just so they understand what they're deficient in, or maybe what they have, maybe some infl inflammation uh, in certain categories? Would you recommend that? I, yeah, absolutely. At least once, you know, if, yeah. especially if you have things that are, that are bothering you, definitely go and, and get these things tested. Even so, a lot of these tests now you can do online. I mean, there's places that will send you a kit. You do this mm. little finger prick thing and, and send it back and they'll tell you, you're like your vitamin D levels, your you know testosterone levels, you know, female hormones, sex hormones, all these different things and cholesterol. And you can almost hack yourself. But, you know, obviously, if you want to go deeper, then work with a practitioner. Mm hmm. So if you were thinking about uh, optimizing your health, I mean, we've been talking about some additions, right? Some habits, some practices. What are some things that you would subtract? I mean, you think about like the standard average American life or diet or habitual process. What are some things that you would remove or you would suggest people to, you know, focus away from? All right. I got a, I got a big one here for you. Ready? Food. <laughs> okay. So. In terms of subtraction, uh, I'm talking about fasting or intermittent fasting, stop eating. Uh, the common perception with food, at least in the past was, you know, especially if you want to lose weight, you know, you should eat five times a day, keep the body running, keep the metabolism going, burn everything off. Research is showing that having a, a food window is much more beneficial. And, and for people listening, that means basically something like a 16-8, meaning you don't eat for 16 hours and then you eat within an eight-hour period. Or you could do, you know, 12 and 12. Or, you know, you could start small and, and work your way up. I personally, I do 16-8 most of the time. Then I'll do a 24-hour. Uh, I'll do some 36 hours. And I've done about five, seven-day fasts where I haven't eaten anything other than water. Uh, and what these will do is... Man, it's on so many different levels. One, it gives, here's a way to think about it. You can't repave a highway if cars are still going down it, right? Mm. So if you stop eating, that gives the body, at least the gut, a chance to reline and, and repopulate and take a break, right? That's one. Your insulin level is going to go down. Studies have shown that the more insulin spikes you have, the shorter lifespan you have over the long run. So giving your body a chance to reset that, super beneficial. Uh, you're going to lose some weight. Yeah, that's great, but that's not the main intent. Uh, inflammatory processes go down. Remember, we talked about the inflammatory foods. Well, if you're not eating anything, 
they're, they're, you can't be inflamed or it's it potentially improved. So uh, I'm a big fan of that. That's been the, the biggest change in what I've done in terms of body composition. Uh, and then the other is uh, the thing with food is, you know, there's a big emotional thing with food, right? So when you don't eat, then you appreciate when you do eat a lot more. Uh, and, and that's a big important thing because that goes back to kind of uh, gratefulness, you know, and, and uh, intention, you know, some religions like to pray before they eat, you know, some people just like to sit and, and say, thanks. Uh, that makes a big difference. The food tastes better. Uh, so, so that would be the biggest takeaway. No pun intended is, is food. <laughs> no, that's good. Talk to me about the importance of cold exposure as well. Cause I understand mm-hmm. that this is important for our body. And almost the reason why I asked that as well is because it almost seems like fasting is it's almost like putting your body into a state of survival a bit and maybe the same with cold exposure. So maybe you could talk about that. Yeah. So the, the fancy word for that is called hormesis. And these are called hormetic stressors. One is obviously fasting. Uh, another is sauna or hyperthermia or infrared sauna, getting body temperature really high. And the other is getting body temperature really cold. Uh, I'm a fan of all three. I've got a sauna in my house. I, obviously, I fast. And then I also have an ice plunge in my backyard, which is uh, right now, I think at 39 degrees, which is a little colder than I want, but you know it's okay. And what that does, when you get into the cold, um, you get something called cold thermogenesis. And basically it's uh, an anti-inflammatory process. It's uh, fat burning. You get uh, brown, brown fat uh, activation, which is the, the fat that's mitochondria rich. Uh, and then you lose white fat, which is the, the kind of adipo- regular adipose tissue. Uh, and above all of that, you also get a, a break. You get this kind of uh, just this mental clearance. Like when I get in that cold, Yes, it sucks. It doesn't get any easier. But for that first minute and a half, nothing else in the world matters other mm-hmm. than just breathing through, you know, this subarctic temperature and just calming the, the breath down, calming the brain down. I'm not worrying about that, that email that I got that was triggering or that bill that I got to pay or, you know, that, that person I got to deal with. I'm literally just, you know what, just breathe, just be quiet, breathe, slow down. So there's a mental challenge and a, and a mental benefit. And then there's obviously the physical benefits as well, too. So if you want to come over and jump in, just let me know. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I want to come try that. But you know, it's I know, like you, I mean, like I do cold showers every now and then. And I cold I showers to- are great. And cryotherapy is great, too, for people listening to go, I, you know, I don't know about getting an ice plunge. Yeah, just do a cold shower, like you said. And, and that's a great way to start. And a lot of people like to throw the word Wim Hof out there as well, too. Sure. With breath work. So but yeah, cold showers but- is a great starting point. Go ahead it almost is like mindset training, but then what you're saying is you take it a step further and there's things that happen in the body that, you know, from what I understand, it's telomere extension or, or perhaps, or you tell me, I mean, what am I saying here? (laughs) The studies have shown that telomeres get shorter as we get older, but there's certain things that we could do that can cause telomere lengthening and, and cold exposure is one of them. Again, these are hormetic stressors. These are basically putting the body in an uncomfortable position so it can rebound back stronger than it was before. Does the same thing happen when you're in a sauna or heat as well? Or what does that look like? It's same idea, different process, right? With okay. saunas, you're getting what's called um, heat uh, heat shock proteins. And, and these are basically uh, compounds that go throughout the body that do sim- similar benefits, right? You're, you're going to get mm-hmm. stronger, you're going to get healthier. And with the sauna, you're going to sweat and you're going to squeeze out a bunch of toxins through your skin, which is a great detox as well. So 
uh and man the sauna is my probably my number one favorite thing i do it. it i just it's it, when i do that i feel good afterwards you get this high uh and sleep is just off the charts mm, so that's a tip then for sleeping better is perhaps sauna well sauna is a fancy one if you if you can swing it absolutely um another easier one might which what i was a big fan and still of is, is hot yoga which is basically mm. yoga in a sauna yeah <laughs> and right. the benefit of that is you're just getting a lot more physical workout with sauna you're getting what's called passive cardio your, your heart rate's going up you're sweating it's as if you did cardio but with yoga you're actually you know holding these poses in a 120 degree room and you're getting you know muscle building you're getting you know, stretches and you're also back, back to that mindset right if i could do a hot yoga class at 120 degrees i could do just about anything now you know we, we have masks here you still have to wear in the hot yoga which is even brutally harder which i'm not a fan <laughs> of but man again it goes back to just overcoming challenges okay i like that so overcoming challenges this is one of the reasons why I love lifting weights because I feel like I'm telling myself that I can do hard things and I can put myself through challenges and I can overcome challenges. And it's almost like training that identity. But talk to me about exercise. And, and when we think about optimization, we think about longevity, we think about anti-aging. What's the role of exercise or even weightlifting in particular? So I'm not a big fan of weightlifting. I do lift some heavy things every now and then just to, to kind of build that strength. Uh, I have a, something called the X3 system, which is pretty cool. It's like a resistance band training and you can double up on it. And, and basically it's lighter on the, on the beginning of the exercise and gets harder progressively as you move through the exercise. So I, I try to hack my heavy lifting with that. But the role of exercise, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I got to go do um, you know, boot camp or you know, hit or hit's great, but, you know, I got to go do a triathlon. But the way I look at exercise is just, you know, doses, right? Uh, every hour or two, get up, do some jumping jacks, do some push-ups, go for a walk. I mean, usually every hour or two, I'll go walk around the block. Uh, and what I'm doing and that is just, you know, keeping things moving, not staying stale or stagnant. If you look at nature, when you look at water, when it flows, if it's flowing, it's going to be healthy, bubbly, clear, fresh water. If you look at parts where water has become stagnant or pooled, you're going to see all the flies, the bugs, the gross stuff. So the body is exactly the same. It needs to be moving around. Otherwise, it gets stale. So moving around, uh, I usually do like a lunchtime walk. After I have lunch for 20 minutes, just go for a walk. Again, when it's warmer, get as much skin exposure to the sun as possible, both you're going to get the benefits of just going for a walk. And you're also going to get the benefits of getting the sun, which is going to help with vitamin D production. It's going to help reset your circadian clock and you're just going to feel better. And it's also a de-stress, right? I'll put on some music and just, just kind of tune out. And the afternoon, you know, I'm not going to get those afternoon slumps where, you know, I need another cup of coffee or I'm, I'm yawning or I'm dragging. I'm, I've, I was recharged. So just do micro microdoses of, of exercise <laughs> for me. It works great. So it almost seems like, you know, everything that we've talked about today is almost like hacking the nervous system, right? And, and the nervous system can either be your ally or your enemy. And so we're talking about habits towards, you know, optimizing our nervous system so that we can step into high performance or even at times, maybe even peak performance when flow is flowing through us. But does that resonate with you, Jay? Yeah, all the time. I mean, people reach out to me and they say, I can't go to sleep. My mind is racing or I can't function, I've got brain fog. And, and a lot of it goes back to your, your nervous system, your autonomic nervous system specifically. You know, there's a parasympathetic and a sympathetic. So 
unfortunately, we're a lot of us are wired in that sympathetic state all the time, and uh, that's taxing on the body. You're you're releasing norepinephrine, epinephrine, cortisol. Uh, there's a place for it, you know. If you're being chased by a tiger, yeah, okay. If you get into a fight with your spouse, not okay, right? I mean, the, we're, the body has become accustomed to overreacting to the most benign stimuli and and that taxes the body so for me it's a constant struggle of how do i get out of that sympathetic state as often as possible unless i need it right unless i'm recording a podcast or i'm giving a presentation or you know i'm talking to a group of people whatever it is there's a certain place for it but generally you, you want balance, but I, I prefer to lean on the parasympathetic side. In fact, I have a room in my house. We call it the, the Zen Den, the recovery room. And it's literally, you know, it's it's all my gadgets. And when you go in there, you leave feeling just refreshed and recharged. And, and all the BS that happens throughout the day is, is a non-issue. Yeah. And, and for me, the way that I train this is just through constant meditation every single day. It's It's watching my breath. It's understanding that my mind's racing, but it's saying, look, I don't have to be one with that. I can actually observe that. But how do you do that, Jay? I mean, how do you step out of that sympathetic state? Man, it's a, it's a combination. Just like you said, I, I'm doing uh, breath work. I'm, I'm focusing on the breath. Um, I've got gadgets as well, too. I don't know if you, I don't know if this is going to be on the video or not, but this thing around my yep. neck is called the happy. And this basically sends electric signals in a sphere around the head and it causes what's called entrainment. And basically I've got this on focus mode. So you can change the different modes. So that's one. I use a device called the Brain Tap, which has been game changing. And that one uses sound, binaural beats, light therapy, and um, isochronic tones and uh, neuro linguistic programming, NLP. Mm. So when you stack all those together and you do like a 20 minute program, it's like a total body and mind reset. So yeah, I cheat a little bit. I use some gadgets, but if I don't need to do all that, I'll just you know sit and focus on the breath. And it's something called coherence, which is basically... Uh, the body, the brain and the heart will have this phenomenon called coherence when you breathe at a rate of five and a half breaths per minute, right? So you're going to go five and a half seconds in, five and a half seconds out, something like that. And what that'll do, and you can get devices that'll track this, but that will get your body into a very parasympathetic state. So very simple. And you could do other breath work like box breathing where you're doing four seconds in, hold for four seconds exhale for four seconds and then hold for four seconds and do a couple rounds of those. So th- these become different tools for what you need to get done. And you can do different of uh, different techniques as needed for different situations. So good. And I would, I just want to invite the listener to re-listen to everything that Jay just said, because there's so much value there and you want to replay that as many times as you want, uh, because what is it going to take for you to apply this in your life? These are tools that you can use to understand really how to make your nervous system your ally rather than your enemy. Jay, before I jump in into our rapid fire section, I have three really actually rapid fire questions for you. If you had one biohacking tool to take with you on a desert island, what would that be? Man, I, I would say that sauna. That's, you know, my daughter was asking me, she's like, what's your favorite biohacking? I'd go, that, that sauna is so game changing. Love it. Love yeah. it. All right. So if you were to take one food, we we're talking about nutrition, one, one piece of food, whatever that may be, whether it's vegetables, you know, plants, uh, whatever, what, what is that? What would that be on desert island? You know, when I was a kid, I used to hate these, but now I love them. It's an avocado. Mm. Uh, yeah, avocado's got some great fats in it. It's filling. Uh, 
you could do a lot with it. I, I could eat, I eat one a day just as a snack. It's, it's an amazing fruit. I think it's a fruit. Yeah, it's a fruit. <laughs> I know. It's so interesting. I, I didn't like avocado for a long time as well, but I love it now myself. So that's awesome. If you were to take one piece of fitness equipment with you on a desert island, what would that be? Probably my yoga mat, if that counts as fitness equipment. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, that's been a game changer for me for the last couple of years. Just, just getting out again, getting back into that kind of flow and mindset change is when I'm on that mat and I'm just doing what I got to do. You know, nothing else is important. I love it. I love it, man. Jay, I just want to transition truly into our rapid fire section. It's called the rare air questionnaire. You know, it's all about being uncommon and everything that we've talked about today is uncommon, right? We are outliers in terms of this discussion, but I love it. And I know that we're committed to continuing to take it to another level. So I'd love to know if you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read over the past few years, what would those be and why? Uh, one of them for 2020 was a book called breathe by a guy named James Nestor. Uh, so that if you haven't heard of it or read it, definitely check it out. Especially if the people listening are dealing with someone who snores or has sleep apnea or, or their, their partner or spouse does. And that book is, it's entertaining and it's full of information. So super great book there. Uh, and another book probably, um, there's one boundless, which is by this guy named Ben Greenfield. And it's like this it's five, 600 page, like it's like the whole life manual of all the stuff we've talked about. Uh, I haven't gone through the whole thing just because it's so big, but as I, you know, I'll flip through it every now and then, and it's just got just tons of gems of different hacks and science into optimization, not only from health, but from mindset and spirituality stuff as well too. So that's a really cool book. Was there any top tips that you learned regarding mindset that you'd like to share? From that book? Uh, I, you know, not from those books, but from mindset stuff, the, the most recent things that I've, I've really focused on is from a different guy. His name is Anthony DeMello. And he was this Jesuit priest uh, from India. Uh, you think he's from Italy, but uh, I, I've read his book called Awareness and I watch a lot of his videos. And when you hear the way he puts things, it changes your perspective. On, on life in general. And, and that man, I'll watch YouTube videos of him and I'm still like blown away. I mean, he like, I, I don't want to, you know, put down Tony Robbins. I've been to his, his, his events, but this guy just is like next level in the stuff he's saying there. Yeah. There's some religious slant to it every now and then, but I, you know, that's fine. But the, the, the value that I get out of that guy, as far as like letting go and just not letting things get to me, man, unbelievable. That's awesome. And I have that book on my bookshelf. So I'll have to dive into that immediately. Thank you for yeah. the reminder. Uh, Awareness by Anthony DeMello. Aside from our discussion today, Jay, what is the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? You know, it, I would say a morning routine is, is the biggest way to elevate on a day-to-day -day basis. There's a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear as well, too. And it's just, you know, doing things uh, habitually small things incrementally make the big impact over time. I mean, you could look at it from real estate as well or compound interest or whatever you want to, whatever perspective. But if I wake up in the morning and I grab my phone and I start looking at emails and texts and social media, it's going to be a bad day you know, right off the bat because it's just going to be a bunch of negativity. All oh, the world's coming to an end. There's viruses, there's pandemics, there's, you know, elections, there's riots. I don't want to hear any of that. So I, I, don't do any of that. I start the morning off with, with a meditation, with affirmations, with a mindset reset. And then I know that I've done my best. It puts me in a, in a better mood and things are still going to come at you. Obviously, we know day to day things come at us, but 
you're a little bit more resistant to that stuff and, and it bounces off you a little easier and, and you get less triggered. So that's my big thing is just start your morning off right. Stay away from the phone. Do 20 minutes of, of, of meditation if you can uh, and, and just be grateful. I love that. I love that. What's the biggest way that you elevate others around you, Jay? Right now, it's just the same thing. It's just uh, bringing the A game, bringing the positivity. It's my podcast, you know, best night ever. It's it's just sharing the same information like you. You know, we're here to tell stories, to share, to educate, to uplift the people around us. Uh, and on my social media, you know, my sleep biohacker on my Instagram. And that's where I share all these different tips and tricks. I get it. You know, it's kind of like show and tell. Like, Remember when your kids go to school, you find something cool, something new, and you just want to tell people, hey, this is just something cool. You should try it out. I'm having fun with it. It's helping me. Let me know what you think. So, And it's fun because then you, you develop this tribe right, of, of like-minded people. Uh, and like you said, when we were talking before off mic, it's, just, it's about building relationships uh, of people who are, you know, you are the sum of the five people around you, the average of the five people around you. So it's, it's surrounding yourself with the right people and, and sharing with them. And then getting in return as well. So it's a win-win situation. That's awesome, man. And I appreciate you sharing so much with Elevate Nation today. Is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you would like to leave the audience with today? At the end of the day, you know, I would say just, and I've done this before, is, you know, we tend to take life too seriously uh, and we, sh- we shouldn't and we don't need to because uh, we're here for a short time. I know it's cliche, but um it, it's it's be grateful for each day that you have. I've seen so many unfortunate things happen to so many people, and and I've spent so much time personally with with anxiety and dealing with things that didn't even end up happening. Don't get depressed about the past, and don't get anxious about the future. Try to be more in the present as much as possible. That's that's the best we can do. Well said, Dr. Jay Corsandi, my man. Everybody can find you at sleepbiohacker.com. Of course, we'll put links in the show notes in terms of where you can find Jay and all of his work on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. And of course, his podcast. Is there anywhere else that we can send listeners to learn more about you and what you do, Jay? I would say those are the best places. My my uh, Instagram, I'm pretty active on there. I get, I get DMs all the time from people who are just uh, excited to share and to learn. Uh, and then the podcast. Yeah, that's that's been a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, if you're interested in the stuff that we've been talking about here, I go into that every week or two with different episodes with some, some cool thought leaders and some really cool products and gadgets out there. So check it out. Yeah. Jay, you're amazing, my friend. Thank you so much for sharing so much wisdom, so much that we can apply immediately. I appreciate you so much, and I'll look forward to seeing you next time, my friend. Thank you, Tyler. It's been a pleasure. It's a lot of fun. Oh, my goodness. How much value did we just pack into that episode? I just want to encourage you to re-listen to that. I know we just really scratched the surface on so many different things in terms of health optimization, sleep optimization, health wellness, anti-aging, longevity, Oh my goodness, tapping into your nervous system for high performance and really allowing the collection of all of these things to really compound and create an amazing, amazing trajectory in your life, your business, in your real estate portfolio. Believe it or not, this can actually benefit you in so many different ways. So I just want to encourage you to re-listen to the show and identify what are your top three takeaways? What are your top three things that you'd like to apply to your life immediately? And how can you share this with a friend? All you have to do is just grab the link and send this to someone else, whether it's a business partner, business associate, um, you know, an acquaintance, a friend, a family member, share this with a friend 
because that's what it's all about. It's about paying it forward. And by the way, the teacher is who learns the most. And so the abundance mentality of giving, you also receive, it's a beautiful thing. I want to encourage you to re-listen to this. Take massive action is the most, most important part here. Apply this to your life immediately. And Elevate Nation until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.